Macro Brown Show. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Back Row Brown Show. We are on episode three, and we have seen a crazy amount of free agent moves go down here in this offseason. The Browns making a couple of big splash moves that I was not expecting to happen at all if you guys listened to the last episode. So let's go on now. We're going to jump right in, and we're going to talk about what happened over the free agency period for the Cleveland Browns. Snap is back, ball is down, the kick is blocked, they got it! Denzel Ward blocked the field goal try, and that's the end of the first half. Can Denzel Ward do anything else? When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. 50, Nick Chubb! Hasta la vista, baby! Nick Chubb! Touchdown! What a catch by Landry! So for the second year in a row, the Browns have made some big splashes in free agency. And uh, I mean, it's a good thing, obviously, for us Browns fans. We're excited to see that kind of, uh, I would say, commitment, hopefully, to winning, uh, which we have not really seen a lot of these moves translate onto the field, unfortunately. But as the second year in a row, we've seen a lot of big moves happen in the offseason that, that is going to get us excited for the start of the new season. I personally, if you guys listened to the episode two, was expecting them to go after a lot of the lesser paid guys, some of the lesser known players to kind of fill out some depth uh, and bring in just a bunch of a bigger group of players I guess would be the way to put it is we have some serious deficiencies on the defense but that's not what they did Uh, and I really thought they'd go out at at linebacker as well they did not do much of that either but uh, they went out and they got some really big names but really good players as well so that's not necessarily a bad thing that they spent up on some of these guys if you guys follow me on twitter You know, I wasn't exactly excited about the first move they made, who we'll get to here in a couple minutes as I'm going to save the offensive guys for for the end of this podcast. But all in all, I think it was a a really good offseason for the Browns, if I'm right. I shouldn't say offseason. It's not over yet, but a very early free agency signing period, I guess would be the way to put it. Uh, It's been good for them. I like the additions that they've made. I think both of them and all the players in general fit what Kevin Stefanski and this team want to do. But we do need to see it translate onto the field. So let's talk about some of the uh, the lesser known guys first as we move into a lot of the the bigger names that everybody really kind of got excited about. And the first one's going to be B.J. Goodson, the linebacker, 26. Uh, he's a former fourth round pick. He played for the Packers and the Giants, and he's a really good run stopper, uh, which I think this defense needs. Obviously, 
Uh, Joe Schobert could do it all. He was not only a uh, a run-passing linebacker, but he was also very good in pass coverage. B.J. Goodson is, I don't want to say a liability in the pass, passing game, but he's a much better run-stopping linebacker than anything else. Uh, but the, the Browns do need that. No doubt about it. We need a guy to come in there and help us kind of plug those holes on the defense. It has been reported as a one-year deal, but there's no details of the deal as of yet. Uh, probably a lot of that being wrapped up in the fact that some of these guys cannot get out and do physicals and everything, which does not allow the team obviously to to complete deals they have to go through uh, the full um physical process make sure everybody is fully healthy no lingering issues or anything so they know what they're bringing onto the team so we we will see i would imagine they have been putting stuff in the deals to uh, negate deals if there is some kind of issue due to again because of everything going on in the world right now that all being said, I don't imagine that's going to happen, but he, he's going to be really good. He's going to add some depth to our linebacker position and give us a nice middle-to-tier run defender, which we need. We saw a lot last year at times the Browns getting run all over. Uh, the next player who's also going to help with uh, the run there is Andrew Billings, the defensive tackle, 24, from Cincinnati. Another really good player in signing a one-year contract, which you're going to see a trend of that with a lot of these guys. It's one-year deals, which I like. A lot of them, not a lot of money either. If these guys don't work out in training camps preseason and they cut them, it's not going to hit our cap at all, but it also gives them a chance to prove themselves and maybe even come back to the Browns next year. Uh, we'll see what happens. I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to guess right now, uh, but a lot of these guys, like I said, it's a lot of guys with upside potential, as you'll see with, with really all the defensive guys. Uh, but it does add depth to the defensive tackle position. I imagine he's going to be playing behind uh, Larry Ogunjobi, maybe out there at times, depending on what they do with Sheldon Richardson. He was a guy I mentioned in episode one there have been rumors uh, about them trading him or cutting him I still hope they don't do that and they hold on to him and Billings comes in and does a really good job as the, as a third guy and really kind of comes in and fills in that depth which is what I love I love that they're adding some depth at positions of need again really good run stopper and I think he'll be a good fill-in player uh, for at least the 2020 season because he signed just a one-year 3.5 million dollar deal so Really good move for them, uh, and I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. The next one was was a very interesting move for me, uh, and that was Kevin Johnson. He's cornerback, 27 years old. Uh, you may remember him from his rookie year being on hard knocks. He was a guy who came in with a lot of hype. There was a lot of talk about him uh, in that in that show, and he looked really good his rookie year, and then concussions, other injuries, and in all honesty, bad play have really kind of caused him to go from a cornerback a lot of people thought was going to be very promising to a guy who's like a middle-tier cornerback. He moves on from Texas, went, goes on to Buffalo, had an okay year last year, comes into Cleveland. I'm interested to see what he is going to do. He's obviously, in my opinion, probably going to be the three. I, I do think that, obviously, we know the warden is locking everybody down over there. I ain't got no issues about Denzel. But then Greedy is kind of suspect. We, we saw not a great year out of Greedy Williams last year. We knew he was going to come in kind of raw, was really good at or supposed to be really good at defending passes, uh, not really much of a hitter. He kind of struggled last year defending passes, if we're all going to be honest with ourselves. So Greedy is definitely going to need to pick up his game to beat out Kevin Johnson. I do expect it, though. There was just too much good I saw out of Greedy Williams in college. I think he's going to be a bust. So I believe that he'll end up pulling it out and end up being the number two guy right across the ward from the Warden, which I love. God, such a cool, what's like the coolest nickname, as well as he is just a badass corner. Uh, but I do think Kevin Johnson is going to come in and be the three uh, with those guys. If he does beat out Greedy Williams, I, I might be a little bit worried, not just for Greedy, but for him being our two guy. But maybe I, I could be wrong on him. Like I said, he's these next two, the next guy I'm going to talk to, actually really the next three guys, and all of them are in our secondary here. 
I really think are interesting signings, and they have nothing but upside. He signed a one-year deal as well. I've not seen the details on his in, or his deal yet either, so I don't know for sure what the what the money was is. But I'd imagine it's not much from as you'll see from these other couple guys. But I love it. Upside signing, and, and really no downside outside of him playing bad and the Browns cutting him. At which point, it's not going to cost us a lot of money. So I'm excited to see what Kevin Johnson can do for the Browns. Next up, this was one that I was really really excited. about. About. Some people, not so much because they feel like it took us out of a possible trade move later. I don't think it's affecting the trade market at all. But we pick up An- Andrew Sandejo, strong safety, 32 years old from the Minnesota Vikings, played with the Eagles as well last year. Now, if we're all being honest with ourselves, had this deal or this signing happened a couple years ago, this would have been a much bigger deal. Sandejo's name has kind of faded off a little bit. The shine on his name has faded off a little bit. But he still brings in uh, veteran help to a huge weakness on the Browns at the moment, which is their secondary. I mean, outside of Denzel Ward, there is nobody, guys. It is, it's, it's empty. We had such a great-looking secondary uh, with the cornerbacks, free safety, strong safeties a couple years ago, and then it's just everybody's gone. It's a you know the Will Smith meme looking around inside the house like, where'd everybody go? Where'd everybody go? It's bad. And it's just the warden, in my opinion. So bringing in a guy like Sandejo, I think is a really good move for the Browns. It helps them shore up something that they need because we, we know Randall's probably gone. They cut Morgan Burnett, uh, so, which was expected. I feel bad for the guy because, again, he tore his Achilles. But it's just it's going to take too long to come back, and I do think the Browns are trying to win now, which is why they go out and they get a guy like Sandejo. Obviously, he has not played great the past year and a half. I think we need to be honest about that. But again, I'm going to say the same thing I've been saying before. It's not re- There's no downside in this signing to me and a ton of upside. It gives Sandejo a prove-it contract. He can get out there, put himself back on the market next year if he comes out and has a really good year. If he doesn't, he's gone. It's a one-year $2.25 million deal. If they cut him, that's nothing. They're going to have more dead cap from other players than something like that. That's not going to hurt their cap one bit. Again, it's just for one year. So maybe he goes out, he balls out, has a really good year, and then he's willing to sign back with the Browns because they gave him that offer. Maybe not. He's probably going to take the bigger money offer. Regardless, it's a one-year thing. We need to see what happens with it. I like it personally, though. I think with him, Seldrick, Redwine, and then there's another guy we're about to talk about. I think those three as the strong safeties, free safeties, kind of moving around back there. I don't know how... um, Joe Woods is going to call a defense or how he's really going to run his defense. We saw a guy like Jimmy Ward who was really kind of cast off uh, and cast off to the side uh, by a lot of teams and comes over to the San Francisco 49ers and just balls out last year. And so I do think that this guy right here in Andrew Sandejo and the next guy we're going to talk about may be kind of like reclamation projects. They may be coming in here and Joe Woods is like, look, see what I did last year. I can do that for you as well. Let's rehabilitate you. Let's, let's build your market back up. And then if you want to move on, you can move on. And speaking of Jimmy Ward, I'm just going to say this right now. Uh, he is a guy that the Browns are looking at, and I would not be shocked if there's a chance that they bring him in. I have not seen that he has signed anywhere. I'm pretty sure he hasn't. He's come out very, very open and honestly about how much he likes Joe Woods. So I would, I would love to see him come to Cleveland, obviously as well, and be a, uh, you know, just a great another addition to that secondary. And and they obviously have the connection there. Might be a little bit too much. Or might be hoping for a little bit too much there, but he would definitely be a guy I'd love to see in the brown and orange. All right, next up, Carl Joseph, the strong safety, 26 years old, former first-round pick for the Oakland Raiders. Hard-hitting safety, has a ton of upside. I am interested to see where he fits in. I actually saw when this uh, uh, signing got announced, a lot of Browns Twitter was not happy about it. I'm indifferent. Again, 
one year, $2.5 million deal. That's not a bad deal. That's, I mean, when, if you can throw money at a guy who was, again, a first round pick and a guy who just, I mean, he is a hard hitting safety. He's one of those guys who hits you or hits the defender. He's not hitting a defender. He hits the wide receiver and has you feeling sorry for him on the couch on Sundays. That's how good he is. Not a great pass defender, I'll give him that, but he is a hard-hitting guy, and he's a what you, I guess, would call a quote-unquote try-hard. He's going to give you his all on every single play. Uh, was hurt a little bit, has been dealing with injuries, might be the reason why he's kind of hit the market, but that's okay. It's not like the Browns went out and spent $12 million on him. They spent a one-year $2.5 million deal on him. He brings some veteran experience while also being very young as well and brings a prove-it deal. He's going to be back there with Sandejo and Redwan. Redwan, really the only holdover we've seen. And we saw some flashes out of him last year. But I personally am not sure that Redwan is ready to step up and be the leader in that group. Uh, so I do think bringing in Joseph and Sandejo are good. It's going to help him. It's going to give him some veteran experience to lean on as well, but Joseph brings that youth and explosiveness as well. Only being 26 years old, he's still got a lot left in the tank. And, you know, again, if, if Joe Woods can, can get the best out of him, this might be a great move, not just for him, but for the Cleveland Browns overall. So I love these one-year deals, and I'm really excited to see what, what it ends up meaning for the Cleveland Browns. All right. Whew, whew, we got to get into the good ones here now. So this guy is not a guy that I saw a lot of people talking about and that's Joe Joe Natson. He's a wide receiver, 26 years old, uh, from the Rams. He's a special teams guy. Uh, he's considered to be a very dangerous returner. Uh, the Cleveland Browns special teams coach was talking about him last year when when the Rams came in uh, and played uh, the Browns about how dangerous he was on the return. He's also a really good gunner, a guy who can get right down the field and blow people up. And again, same thing, one year, $1 million deal. So it, it helps bring in... A, a, into the group of the special teams that I want to say they didn't suffer last year as the Cleveland Browns, but they uh, could have gotten better. We, we saw struggles, obviously, with the punt game and kickoffs, and I think that's all going to go away. And I think it's all going to go to JoJo, which is a great move for the Browns special teams group overall. I love it. I cannot wait to see how he handles it. Again, this is a, a just a one-year deal, so it's not going to hurt anybody anywhere. We're going to keep on moving. Great signing, in my opinion, by the Browns. All right. Let's get into the big ones. These are the ones that obviously everybody was talking about and I did not think was going to happen one bit, but I'm excited about it. I am. I was upset, I won't lie, when the Hooper deal happened, and we'll get to that one in a minute, just because I didn't know. I, I, I freaked out. I read the headline. You know, I, I, I bought into the clickbait. I did it. I bought into the clickbait, everybody, and it, it pissed me off when I saw that Hooper, highest paid tight end in the NFL by the Cleveland Browns. I'm like, Why? Why are we spending money on a position that's not of need? And I get it. Njoku has not been great. Uh, he struggled, but he was looking good last year up until the injury. And I want to say almost 90% of that was on Baker. He threw that ball up and Njoku had to go up and get it. Just got completely destroyed. Cut underneath. Falls down. Breaks his wrist. Like... It sucked, and Joku really looked like he was improving, and that happened. Regardless, Austin Hooper, as much as I love Njoku, I can admit, is an upgrade over him. But I really wanted them to go after a lot of defensive players. That's where I felt like the the biggest lack on our team is right now is defense, and it still is a little bit. I love the moves that they made. I feel like they really brought in some great veteran presence in the secondary and on that defensive line. They brought in Goodson at linebacker. But our linebackers are struggling, guys. Like We lost Joe Schobert. We cut Christian Kirksey. Right now, it's really just Sion Takitaki. 
and Mac Wilson. And that's not great, guys. It's not great. You can't run two linebackers the entire time, you know. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what they continue to do. I was hoping they'd bring Brack Show. He goes to Jacksonville. I was hoping they might go after Blake Martinez. He goes to the New York Giants. So that's where I was wanting them to spend the money, which is why I got so upset with the Hooper deal. But I get it. The more I thought that, the more I thought about it, the more I looked into it. I get it, and it makes sense. It's a good move for the Browns. I'll be interested to see how this affects their future, but let's start with the big one, the deal that I loved, and that was Jack Conklin at right tackle. So if you guys listen to episode two, you know that I did not think there was any shot at this happening. I really thought he was going to price himself not just out of the Browns, but out of a lot of teams, probably end up meaning he was going to go back to Tennessee. That didn't happen. The Browns made it happen. They got the deal Three years, $42 million deals. He's a right tackle, 25 years old. Why is that a big deal? Because we are weak at the tackle positions big time. Bringing in a guy like Jack Conklin, assuming he stays healthy, immediately shores up that side, the right side, the complete right side of the Browns offense. And that is a great thing for us, especially with Kevin Stefanski, who loves to run the ball. He is going to fit in perfectly into this offensive scheme. If you go back and you look at some of the things that Derrick Henry was able to do last year, he was having really good success up the middle and right-sided runs, which guess what? That's where Jack Conklin's going to be. And I'm, it may be a homer for me saying this. I like Nick Chubb more than I like Derrick Henry by a lot. So I'm going to love this. I love this move. And I'm going to say I'm going to love. I love this move for the Browns. It's a great move. He is more than athletic enough to get on the outside and block, get up to the second level, and spring Chubb even more. I really do think this is, this is a home run move by the Browns. So why was he out there? Came in as a rookie and I believe finished as he finishes an all pro and was one of the best rookie guards in 2016. He tore his ACL later that year in 20, in 2017. And uh, a lot of people feel like, or they're saying that he rushed back and that really kind of hurt his production in 2018. And then the Titans decided not to pick up his option, which fell into 2019 year. Uh, because of that, because he was a first-round pick. And so due to that, it allowed him to hit free agency. There was a lot of thought that he was going to go back uh, to the Titans, but that did not happen. I guess the Browns got to him, and he decided to stay. Uh, the contract is a little bit backloaded, which I'm a little concerned about. Now, from what I've read and heard, a lot of people are saying that it's backloaded, but it's also very team-friendly, which it is, and it's not much. A lot of these guys you were projecting to make close to $15 million. I believe in the last year of his contract, he's making $13 million. So as of right now, which you've got to give two years of inflation, he's already making a team-friendly deal in that last year. Two years' worth of inflation is going to be even better. So there's a lot of thought that they did that and front-loaded, or I'm sorry, back-loaded the contract a little bit to allow them more money this year and next year to possibly bring in some free agents and, and continue to compete, but also giving them the ability to possibly move on from Jack Conklin uh, three years down the road uh, because his contract will be team-friendly. Hopefully, maybe they have another right tackle ready to go. I, I don't know if they do that. I don't know if I do that. In three years, he's going to be 28 years old. He's still going to be in his prime. Again, we're, we're assuming health. He's got to stay healthy. But if he stays healthy, he's still going to be, in my opinion, probably an absolute stud at 28 years old. I would say offensive linemen get to about 31, 32 before they start to really hit the downslope. So I think Conklin signing's good. The only thing I worry about is, again, the the amount of money they're going to pay him for the next couple of years because the one thing that I, I try not to do but I always look at is next year you've got Miles Garrett's coming up. Like his, This is fifth-year extension year, and I'm pretty sure they picked it up. So then they're going to have to pay him after next season. And then Baker and Denzel are the year after that. Who are you going to let walk? Because if you're going to be paying all these players now, you're not going to have any money in the future for these guys. And I know there's a lot of people 
who are coming off Baker, and my God, we're going to get into that at the end of the episode. I'm, uh, it's not making me happy. I, I will admit I'm a Baker apologist, so maybe that's why I take it so personally, but it's just it drives me crazy. Uh, but again, he fits really well. Uh, Conklin does fit really well into Stefanski's run scheme, uh, and I really think he's going to be probably the best addition we make as of right now this offseason because not only that, like I said, it really it shores up that whole side. So now, in my opinion, we only have one weakness on that offensive line, and that's the left tackle. And there's rumors about what we might do there. There's also uh, what we could end up doing in the draft. So all in all, I think uh, Conklin, the best deal that they've made so far, shores up a huge need for us on that offensive line, but also gives Baker a, a position of need that not a lot of people, I think, are talking about. All right, so let's move on to the Austin Hooper deal, which, uh, you know, again, I, I, I stated at first that I did not like it, but I'm really starting to come around to it. So Austin Hooper, tight end, 25 years old. Uh, he does get a four-year, $42 million deal, so almost exactly like John, Jack Conklin's just adds an extra year on there. Um, and I, I definitely was wrong about him as well. I thought they'd go for cheaper tight ends. I said that he was going to be way too expensive. I did say he was going to be the most expensive tight end on the market, which turned out to be true. Just did not think the Browns were going to be the team to make him that. So instead of going cheap, they take the big dog, and I do think it's going to work out for us. I mean, he gets the four-year deal. His contract is semi-team friendly up until the last two years. But again, if he produces, it might be an interesting trading chip for the Browns at that point. That's still too far away to even worry about, in my opinion. That's two years down the road, technically three and four years down the road, where I do think that the immediate part of the Browns' future is right now. I do think they're really trying to buy all into Baker Mayfield and see if he is the future of our franchise, and this move really helps uh, him out, in my opinion. I've been a Baker guy for a long time. You know, I've talked about it on my other podcast, the Fantasy Football Roundtable, that back when uh, Oklahoma came to Ohio State and they played in the in the shoe, and he came in there, and uh, let's be honest, he beat our ass. He beat the Buckeyes' ass in, in Columbus. Planted that flag on the field, and it just pissed me off. I hoped he tore his ACL. I was wanting him to get knocked out in the next game. It was bad. But the more and more I watched him at that time, I was writing for a website called QB List and uh, uh, the DynastyGuru.com. And I had to do quarterback rankings. And the more and more I watched him, the more and more I was like, dude, Baker's good. Like, I hate what he did to Ohio State, but Baker's good. And I can't hold that against him. And the more and more I got into it, the more and more I wanted the Browns to take him. And they did take him. I'm glad they took him. I am not jumping off the Baker ship, but we're supposed to be talking about Austin Hooper. So let's get back into that. Hooper, I think, is going to be a great fit for this offense because I think he's going to be Baker's new Mark Andrews. And that's where I was trying to go with the Oklahoma thing. If you go back and look at what he did at Oklahoma, Mark Andrews was by far his best weapon. And he had Hollywood Brown. He had CeeDee Lamb. Yet Mark Andrews was his best weapon because Mark Andrews was a big-bodied middle-of-the-field target, and that's where Baker loves to throw the ball. I do think that's the way that they're going to use Hooper. He's a great fit. Now, he's not as quite, he's not as uh, fast as Andrews, but he's just as athletic. He was actually tied in third last year for contested catches in the entire in the entire NFL, guys, the entire NFL, a tight end named Austin Hooper out of Atlanta, who did miss a lot of games, so that did hurt him a little bit in a way, led or was third in the league in contested catches. Him proving that he can go up and get the ball with anybody proves that he is a dog, and he is willing to fight for that ball, and that's what I love, and I do think he's going to do great things for Baker in this offense. I do think he's going to be the number one. I do think that Njoku is going to get pushed to the side. Now, they're not going to pay him that much money to be the backup tight end. 
I don't think Njoku's gone, though. There are a lot of people who think Njoku's going to be moved on. We'll see what happens. I've, I've mentioned it before, and I'll mention it again. I mentioned it on last week's episode and why I thought they would at least get one more tight end is that the Browns run a are going to run a two tight end set most of the time, in my opinion. That's what Kevin Stefanski likes to do. That's how he uses that outside run zone scheme. Austin Hooper is a much better blocker than Njoku, so I, that's why I imagine Har- Harper. I was going to call him Harper, guys. I'm thinking of Bryce Harper because for whatever reason, I've got baseball season on my mind right now. Austin Hooper is a 10 times better blocker than Njoku, so I do think that's why he'll be the one. He'll be out there, and Njoku will be out there at times to give him an offensive kind of weapon to check down to, but he'll also have Hooper, and I just I think Hooper's going to be a stud. I really do. Now, does this make Njoku, you know, expendable? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. If I had to put money on it, I would still bet that he, he sticks around, though. I don't think that uh, that they want to move him for nothing. There is a rumor that he's been linked to a team, and we'll get to that in a minute, but I'm really kind of sold on, on it, it being an Njoku and Hooper offense, if I'm being honest. I really think those two guys uh, can really kind of complement each other well, to be uh, to be 100% honest. Hooper being the guy, and then Njoku kind of being the, the second guy, coming in, spelling him when need be, or using him um, as, as an offensive release weapon and and Hooper being the main blocker either on the right or left hand side whichever way they move him around it's going to be really fun to see guys like I can't I can't wait to watch this offense uh Hooper coming in there I think is going to do is he really is going to do great things for this team he's uh, an offensive weapon and a stud we saw that with Matt Ryan last year uh, and even the year before that he was you know for fantasy wise which is what my other show focuses on there was a lot of talk about how he was he was the tight end one through most of the season before he got hurt I don't see why he won't be able to come over and do something close to that with the Browns as well it's it's definitely going to be fun to watch so before we cut out of here, we're, we're pretty much wrapping up this. That was nice, quick episode, I guess, for the free agency stuff. Again, once we get longer into the season or closer to the season, these episodes will be longer as there's going to be more stuff we need to talk about. I will focus on NFL and fantasy stuff as well for this, which is why we I mean, we all can't wait for the season to get here, if we're being honest. But it's obviously still a little bit away, especially with everything going on in the world. Uh, but we will definitely have longer episodes. I don't want you guys to think each of these will be right around 30 minutes. It's just kind of this off-season stuff. But anyways, let's jump in. A couple side notes before we get out of here. Uh, Kareem Hunt was hit with a second-round tender. Um, I don't see any team trading a second-round pick and then paying him what it's going to cost to keep him. Uh, I just don't think that other teams are going to think he's worth it. I do, and I think the Browns think he's worth it. That's why they put that on him to try and limit possibly the moves they can make for him or Again, if a team is willing to pay that for him, they're going to get a second-round pick, which is going to be very helpful for the team. So I imagine, at worst, Kareem Hunt is going to be a Brown in 2020. Uh, that uh, That's almost, I would say, a, a, a certainty. Uh, there are rumors about the Browns' uh, trades. So let's talk about a couple of trades that the Browns are being rumored to be a part of. The first one we mentioned a little bit last week, and that is Trent Williams. The Browns, um, they do need a left tackle, and, and it does. They the Redskins need a tight end. And so a lot of people feel with Njoku being kind of uh, dispendable now that they could send him and possibly a second-round pick over to the Redskins to get Trent Williams. I would love that trade in the fact that it would shore up the left tackle position, I would hate that trade for how much money Trent Williams is owed. It would really hurt the Browns in the short term, which again, I think is what they are really trying to focus on right now with the whole Baker Mayfield storyline. So I do think that this is probably unlikely. If it does happen, I would be interested to see if they get Williams to rework his deal at all. Uh, but regardless, it's a, it's a, 
it's an option, I guess is the way I would put it for the Browns, and it's not a bad one either. Again, if they could bring him in left tackle, all of a sudden your entire offensive line is short up. You have the best offensive line in the game, in my opinion, and it leaves every avenue open at 10. You don't have to take a tackle anymore. You could take Isaiah Simmons if he falls. You could take somebody else. It really opens up the draft for the Browns, but... I don't think that it's going to happen, so you're likely looking at them taking a Tristan Wirth or a Becton, someone like that, uh, that falls to 10, which is still not a bad idea because you get that guy for much longer than you get Trent uh, Williams. Williams is probably at at best a three-year acquisition uh, compared to any of these guys you're looking at likely at least a decade, hopefully, if they pan out. The last trade rumor, which I am a huge fan of, uh, and this one linked with the Andrew Sandejo move, uh, was that the Browns were floating around and they were asking about Anthony Harris, who is a beast of a strong safety. Uh, Like I said, some people think that with the move of Sandejo, uh, this trade is out of the question, but I disagree with that. All the players that we have signed on that defensive secondary are one-year, couple-million-dollar deals, so if they cut out of that cap, on any of those guys, it is not a cap casualty at all if they let him go. And if they could get a guy like Harris, I think that they wouldn't be afraid to do that either. Uh, the rumor is that it was going to take a second and a third to get him. I would pay that right now if I could, if I'm the Cleveland Browns. You have two second-round picks, and you can give up a third-round pick. Yeah, it is going to hurt our depth a little bit. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we're still suffering a little bit from depth on our second, uh, not just our secondary, our defense entirely, especially at linebacker. But if you can get a guy like Anthony Harris in there who is going to be an absolute stud, I think one of the best safeties in the game, uh, that's, a, that's a game changer right there. That completely changes your defense. Uh, so I would do it if I'm the Browns. Again, I understand if they don't, and a lot of people feel like with them signing Sandejo, that was kind of them admitting that they're not going to do the Anthony Harris trade. I don't necessarily believe that, but I'd love to see what happens with it. The last thing I want to touch on before I cut out of here is the Baker Mayfield storyline. There are a lot of people who think that the Browns are getting ready to move on from Baker because of the one deal I forgot to mention, so I guess we'll talk about it now. That's the Case Keenum signing. So Keenum signed with the Browns on a, uh, I believe it was a three-year deal. Let's see here. I was trying to bring it up, and now I can't, uh, I can't get it to work for some reason, which is just ridiculous. It is a three-year deal. Okay, three years, $18 million. It's not been technically confirmed yet, which is why it was kind of pulling up again because of the the physicals and everything. But a lot of people feel like they did this move as in a thought of if Baker struggles early, they're going to move on from him. If they do that, I am renouncing my rights of being a Browns fan. You've got to be fucking kidding me if they do that. I get it. Case Keenum had one good year. In Minnesota, had a decent year in Houston, which is how he ended up getting that contract in Minnesota. But it wasn't always with Kevin Stefanski either. They only had the one year together, guys. That's it. It was not like his entire year was with Kevin Stefanski. Now, Keenum did run the same style of offense in Houston. So I get that, and I do think that most of the reason they brought him on here was to mentor Baker. I don't think he's taking Baker's spot. I think Baker should get his full five years We cannot bail on him after one year of bad play, guys. He was phenomenal his rookie year. Yes, did he have a lot of turnovers? Yeah, he struggles with the interceptions. That's something you just kind of have to accept with a player like him, though. I'm not trying to say he's going to turn into Brett Favre, but look at what Brett Favre did. He's a gunslinger. That is what Baker is. Baker is a gunslinger. He's not going to be that careful when he's throwing the ball. Look at that play he made a couple years ago, his rookie season, where he threw an absolute dart to Jarvis Landry in between two defenders against the Carolina Panthers in the end zone for a touchdown. Most quarterbacks are not making that throw, people. Baker is good. 
lay off it. He had one bad season. Let's give him a year. Let's see if he even progresses a little bit. That whole team last year we should just throw in the trash. It was a bad year. As I admitted on the first episode, we were wrong on Freddie Kitchens. We were all wrong. Freddie Kitchens screwed us. He was a good coach. He was not meant to be a head coach. He he completely went the wrong way with this team, and everybody took three steps backwards after the one step they took forward the year prior. Let's give Baker some time. Let's see what he can do. I am not bailing on Baker yet. I'm not going to bail on Baker if he has a mediocre year this year. I want to see it. Now, they're doing a much better job of building weapons weapons around him, bringing in Hooper, bringing in Conklin. That's going to help shore up that offensive line. Whatever they do at left tackle, whether they bring in Trent Williams, whether they draft a rookie and throw him in there, they're helping Baker out, and I do think he's going to improve and have a better year. I'm really hoping they don't trade OBJ because I love Landry. He's not a one, and I don't think they're getting a one type in this draft because CD Lamb and Judy and Higgins will all be gone. So keep Odell. Let's see what he can do with these weapons. I do think Baker is going to have a huge bounce back season this year. Fantasy-wise, I talked about him being a top three quarterback. I still think he's going to make it up there, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the MVP discussions in the 2020 season. But we got to just all take a deep breath and calm down. Case Keenum, was it a lot to pay for a backup quarterback? Absolutely. It is a little worrisome, yes. Do question marks get raised? Absolutely. Of course. You're paying to do three three years contract of whatever I just said it was. I can't even remember now. It's a lot of money, though. I will admit that. It is a ton of money for a backup quarterback. Unless Baker gets hurt, Case Keenum's not coming in. Case closer. This podcast will be done. Finito. I am done. I'm just kidding. I won't be done with the podcast, but I will sincerely question my Browns fandom ship if they move on from Baker that quickly and go to a guy like Case Keenum. Unless Case Keenum brings us a Super Bowl, in which case I'll just burn this episode and this entire podcast and we'll start over and talk about how Case Keenum is the greatest thing since sliced bread and craft beer. Regardless of the fact, Baker's the guy we need to trust in Baker, trust in Stefanski, and as much as it hurts me to admit this, he's proved me wrong so far this offseason, trust in Andrew Barry as they are doing good things right now for the Browns. And for the first time since I would say after the season ended, Ended in 2018 with what Baker did. There's a lot of upside and things are looking positive again for the Cleveland Browns. Let's keep it going. Next week's episode, I'm not sure when it'll be out yet. Uh, for those of you, I know everybody's dealing with this stuff. Uh, I live in Texas. Uh, don't worry, guys. Born in Cleveland, Ohio. Love me some Browns. They're, they're my life, but I bleed brown and orange. But unfortunately, I have to live in Texas right now with my current working situation. That being said, a lot of things are going kind of crazy down here now as it's really starting to hit us like it has been hitting you guys in Ohio and everywhere else around the world so far. Uh, So I don't know what my schedule is going to be like next week. Regardless, I'm still going to have an episode or at least try and have an episode come out. It'll be a draft-centric episode. I'm going to try and and dive into a mock draft and talk about how I felt like things might work out for the Browns. Talk about some underrated prospects that I really want the Browns to tackle. And of course, any other Browns news coming up as well. Guys, if you are fans of any other team, check out the Back Row Fantasy Show Network. It's phenomenal. We have a bunch of teams on there now. All the podcasts are really good. If you guys have time and you want to check out my fantasy football stuff, it's the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast as well. Me and a bunch of other guys get on there. We talk all kinds of fantasy football. uh, And give us a rate, review, and subscribe here on the Back Row Brown Show. If you guys like the content that I've been bringing to you today, find me. Hit me up on Twitter, at SportsFanaticMB. Anything else you guys want to see with the show or what you guys want to hear my opinions on, I'd love to hear from you guys as well because I'm doing this show for you guys. And, you know, I I like to talk about the Browns. I could sit and talk about the Browns for hours if I 
wanted to. Probably piss off the wife, but, you know, that is what it is. Regardless, I'm rambling, so let's go ahead. Let's get out of here. Back row brownies, baby. Let's go Browns, and I'll talk to you guys again next week.